I sent them back. <laughs> that, that's so mean. <laughs> oh, Metal's bullying Nim. Internet, be that. mad at Metal. <laughs> hey, stop. I can do it again. Here, go eat. What? What? Because okay. We're doing the two mic All right. <laughs> My little guy doesn't talk. Oh, yeah. No uh, well, what I can do is I can mute you on my end, Becca, so I can't hear you, and then you just talk twice. <laughs> so, so you know, where is the lead to this thing for what we're doing tonight? Uh, we're looking at that. So, also, hello everyone, and welcome to Whiskey Wednesday. It's a Fools and Flagons show where we review and discuss various topics regarding tabletop gaming, as suggested by you and the lovely people in our Discord. Uh, tonight, I'm joined by quite a few people. We've got um, Metal, who really doesn't give a shit about Pathfinder, but he's here to be our comedic relief. He's a little squid okay. dude. Huh? What? What? Poobah. What are you doing? Shut up. So the rabbit that's being an idiot right now is Zach. He's... I'm stupid. <laughs> we have Pez, our resident uh, kobold ranger artificer. Me. Who's going to have to pick between kobold ranger or artificer? No. More on that later. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, we have uh, Brick, a.k.a. Zeke, our toaster. He's going to be the one that's kind of uh, heading up this. He's been doing the research into Pathfinder for us. Um, so there's that. Uh, we have uh, Kirsten, our cute little fox there, who's got children, so she's probably going to be muted most of the time. Yep. Anyway, yep. Uh, so, and then we have uh, Becca, who is uh, going to be speaking through Zeke's microphone to avoid any echoing because they are in the same room together. But she is a cute little blue sea monster thing there. It's still rage <clears throat> like I am. Yes. Uh, so. With that being said, Whiskey Wednesdays will be available the Wednesday after the live stream on our YouTube channel. We live stream on Twitch every other Wednesday around 6.30 uh, Central Time, U.S. Standard, or U.S. Central Time. Uh, it will also be available on uh, in podcast form. Uh, we're on all major platforms like iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Samsung Radio, Pandora, and loads of others. Um on top of Whiskey Wednesdays, we also have our main D&D campaign that happens on alternating Fridays. We have Pez Plays <clears throat> pretty much every single week where we just play random games. Uh, if you're interested in joining in on some of those, join the Discord. Links are down below in the description everywhere. Even if you just want to pop in and lurk, that's fine. Everyone's welcome. And uh, then we also have Metallurgy Magic whenever you know that snowball's chance allows him, whenever work allows him to partake in that. Um... If you would like, if you like what we do and you would like to support us, uh, consider donating to our coffee page. You can find us at coffee.com forward slash fools and flagons. There's links on the screen all over the place for it. Uh, donations are never required, but always appreciated. All proceeds from donations and memberships go straight back into making fools and flagons an even better experience. And it really does help keep the podcast alive and well. So okay. with all that being said, on into Pathfinder. Because we're, we're kind of, we're not jumping ship. We're still very much going to be using D&D as our platform. <clears throat> but we were sort of just kind of bouncing around the idea of uh, worst case scenario, you know, D&D goes up in flames. Everyone's, you know, rioting, whatever. What are we going to do? And of course, the first thing we thought was Pathfinder because that one's really popular. So Zeke started looking into that for us. And um, 
I'm going to let you take over from here, Zeke, but I think the basic idea for tonight is we're going to screw around and come up with a character. Pretty much. Uh, <coughs> after doing some research into Pathfinder, there are a lot of differences from D&D. There's a lot of similarities, and uh, sometimes the best way, especially for a player, to kind of figure out the system, I think, is to just make a character uh, that allows me to kind of organically address uh, a lot of the differences. Obviously, like I said, when I mentioned this on Pez Plays, we're not going to be able to go into everything. There's a lot of stuff I still don't understand because... Uh, there's just a lot more uh, specifics in Pathfinder, but we're going to cover a large chunk, I think. Um, so first and foremost, as we get into this, uh, there the first major difference that we come across uh, is going to be uh, the abilities. Um, now, abilities before we have... even get into races? Well, yeah, because it's going to affect... Um, this might affect how a player might pick their race, background, and class uh, going forward. Huh, okay. Um, so you do have the same standard six that you get from uh, D&D 5e. You have strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. However, there, when you are building your character, there's a little bit of a difference. Um, the standard way of choosing uh, your stats is not our uh, role uh four d6 and uh take the top three and that's one score you can do it that way but that's not the way they recommend it uh the way that's kind of built into the rules is you start out at 10 across the board and then as you pick a um your ancestry instead of race we have ancestries uh, your ancestry, background, and class, those organically give you plus two boosts in certain um, categories. Um, obviously, talk to your G. Well, in this case, GM, since it's uh, since it's a game master. Talk to your GM, and uh, they will probably be lenient a lot of the research i've done people are like oh yeah if they want this background because of this reason because it makes sense for their backstory i'll let them exchange uh one of the bonuses uh but for the most part as you're building it your uh scores go up from 10 to 12 to so on and so forth well so i, um, I do have a question on that aspect because when you were first looking into this you said that as far as the rules go they seem to be a lot more um stringent like you really in in pathfinder generally you really stick to the rules is it, do you still feel the same way now that you've delved a little bit more into it uh i would say especially starting out it would probably be better uh to stick to the rules a little bit more stringently but it's one of those things is like once you know the rule you can bend and break it got it um i need more alcohol <laughs> are you done already <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I was gonna say that was a chunky glass. Damn, there's a lot of fucking words in there. And I can not bottoms up her. <laughs> but basically, the way this system, as you build your character, is supposed to work, is you start everything at base level ten, and once you have an idea of what your character want to be, maybe you want to be mostly melee or mostly range or mostly spellcasting, you can pick ancestries and backgrounds and classes to give you those boosts in the categories that you want. It's also kind of designed to where you should have at least one uh, ability score that is at least 16, sometimes 18. Um, and 
the only way you would have a negative score is if the race or background you chose had a ingrained penalty uh, that would give you like an eight instead of a 10. Okay. Uh, but moving past that, like I said before, instead of races, we have ancestries. It's just a uh, little name change, but function functionally the same thing. Uh, as you can see uh, on what Ian's looking at right now. Oh. Uh, yeah, there's a lot. <gasps> you do have uh, your core that is going to be dwarf, elf, uh, surprisingly, uh, goblin, gnome, halfling, and human. Those are your core uh, races. Unfortunately, for anyone who's a big fan of 4E or 5E from D&D, as far as I can tell, there's no Dragonborn equivalent. Oh, yeah, yeah it looks like yeah. the closest you could get uh, Lizard Folk and Kobolds, yeah. Kobolds. Yeah. Well, you can be, if you're a rare, you can be a dragon. Uh, I believe that's actually a third party. Uh, it is third Green party. third party, yeah. Yeah, you're yeah, right. I'm, I've been looking at that, too. <laughs> Uh, but there are a lot of really interesting uh, races in the kind of uncommon and rare categories that I feel like a lot of the people from uh, our group would really enjoy. Uh, there's multiple uh, types of plant people. There are um, plants that look like people and people that look like plants uh, to kind of give an interesting um, description. There are there are puppet people, there are sprites, there are um, just a, all sorts of fish and frog people, a lot of different types of snake and reptilian people. There's a lot of different, um, just a I, lot of stuff to choose from. I Get saw this one. Tiny penguin. I saw this one down here and I thought, wow, Venera has her own race. <laughs> <laughs> it's Venara. But I mean, come on, are we really going to make something other than a kobold tonight? Uh, that is up to you. I did see one that I thought uh, Becca would really enjoy, which is a sentient spider people. Um, I can't remember what they are called. I would have... Uh, Fish Kanya? Possibly. There, there's no pictures on the character creation thing here. So. Not on the character creation. Uh, it is in... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, uh, Issa uh, wants to be a puppet. <laughs> I'm a and real puppet. kid now! Uh, that the lore behind those guys are actually pretty uh, interesting. They are basically uh, magically animated puppets called poppets, uh, and sometimes they just randomly uh, gain sentience. Anadi um, is the spider people. Yeah, and thank you, Anadi. Uh, those those guys are really interesting because they are physically that spider <gasps> is their actual form. It's the it's the um, it's little it. hopping spider. Jumping that spider. is their Look yeah, jumping spider. That is their true form. <laughs> it's actually really uh, but, fucking cute. Hold on, let me uh, keep talking. I'm gonna I'm gonna show so stream. Much. No, you're good. Uh, but when they kind of uh, skittered out of their okay. jungle to make interactions with other people, uh, <laughs> everyone was afraid of them. So they actually had to develop a way through magic to assume a more humanoid form to be more uh, pleasing to the eye of other people and to not make them afraid of them. Oh, that's cute as fuck, dude. Why would you be afraid of them? Because it's a giant spider. <laughs> They're so funny. It depends on the size of the spider. But... Uh, yeah, hold on, hold on. Let, let me let me see if uh, you might probably... Physical description. Uh, I'm looking for size. 
doesn't... Their size is medium, so you're at least taking up a five-foot square. Yeah, yeah this yeah, doesn't... Like a... I'm yeah. putting this in the chair, because how can you be upset with this guy? With his little backpack? Yeah, it does... It does say, uh, in their true form, resemble human-sized spiders. So they are quite big. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's just that's just a sample of how interesting and diverse some of these races get and how really creative this is. Um, I just realized, I said I wanted to be the tiny penguin. That's the Kenku. I'm a Tengu. What the... Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, very similar. Um, also, for Kirsten, there are actual Kitsune who are already an official race. Oh, hold on. There's probably I the children. I cared about. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let me guess. You found the rabbits. Ha 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 It's a third party book. <laughs> yeah, as far as I can tell, not a official rabbit, but go fuck. Obviously, yourself. there's all there's always homebrewers uh, to to look into uh but yeah as as we're we can look through all of them if we want we can nah i say we just we just pick one real quick or we'll be here all fucking night yeah that's true uh but that is one of the things i did want to kind of dip into a little bit as just to show there's a lot of really cool races uh but ian as our illustrious host uh i'll let you go ahead and pick uh our first thing (laughs) what kind of ancestry should we have um, I already said that we should do a kobold, but I'm willing to be overruled if someone else wants to try something different. We can do a kobold. That Maybe sounded really depressed. I'm looking at tiny spiders. You want to do the tiny spider? <laughs> no. Too late. We're doing the fucking tiny spider. Let's oh, go. All right. Okay, we're doing a kobold. Okay. <clears throat> oh my god, he's so So... The next part, uh, that's kind of a um, subcategory of ancestry, is heritage. Uh, unlike so, some of the uh, races in D&D, you have their sub-races and stuff. Heritage is kind of like that. You have, uh, I believe, if I did my research right, nearly all, if not all, of the races have diverse heritages you can choose from. That kind of give a little bit of flavor and some also skills and feats uh, to your character. Uh, so if we're picking Kobold. Jesus, fuck. There's a lot. Uh, I'm assuming heritage is, 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 is that not background? Is that background? No. Heritage. No, no, that's gonna, that's so go down to level one and you'll see a little tab that says heritage. Hey, I was looking at the wrong place. Yeah. Uh, uh huh? real fast. Is there any way that you can increase the resolution of your stream? I'm not gonna, I can't read it at all. Uh, yeah, like, I, I, I I cranked it down for the uh, uh, pest place the other night. So how's that? Changed a little, changed a little bit, but right, it's okay. Me, I can, I'm I can, gonna try to I put the resolution to source and see if that does any better. I'm sorry. No, no, it, by all means. All right. So, Nim, what is Pez? A cave climber, a cavern kobold, a dragon scaled kobold, spell scale kobold, strong jaw kobold, tunnel flood kobold, or venom tail kobold? He's currently muted. Ah, good talk. All right. Dragon. Dragon. Okay. 
Of course. Um, I will say at this point, so those are all the common ones. Each, oh. um, each heritage has its kind of category of common, or sorry, ancestry has common heritages. Uh, there are also a lot of uncommon and rare ones uh, that usually override a lot of the parts of your ancestry. For instance, uh, Daphimir, Tiefling, Asimar. That's Dampier, by the way. Sorry, Damp. I can't D- even pronounce that word. D- Dampier are basically vampires. Yeah. Uh, Changeling. <clears throat> They're all sorts of stuff, but they are less um, actual heritages and more like something in your environment or some otherworldly outside force changed you. And so certain parts, you may look like a cobalt, but this is what you actually are. Show me on the doll where nature touched you. <laughs> in the unpleasant bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So going back up, like uh, Ian was looking at, we have backgrounds. Now there are a, like he, like you noticed, there are a ton of backgrounds. Some Good of them God. are... Uh, adventure book based like if you're running a certain adventure then it has very specific ones uh, some are more general uh, Ian I would actually direct you uh, to back to the archives for this one because oh. you can actually um, uh, go to the backgrounds tab and scroll down to the search and you should be able to sort by oh, found me. academy dropout <laughs> top of the list baby hell yeah uh you should be able to uh right under the enter search query you should say sources and spoilers click on that and it'll have a drop down that you can click on advanced players guide and core rule book uh those are going to be the the basic core ones got it so uh, to not overwhelm us we'll look at just the player's guide and the core book correct got it sorry metal you can't be a dropout uh, joke's on you. <laughs> <laughs> I already am. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I will say, oh. looking at this list, um, still quite a lot to choose from. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jesus. That is insane. Going down the list, I'll say, Zach, do you want uh, to pick, well, I'll give you a choice. Do you want to pick our background or do you want to pick our class? Um, I kind of okay, feel like pick. Pez being an insurgent is just fucking hilarious to me. An insurgent? <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go. I don't know. I just I saw that and I was just thinking Pez sitting in the corner being like chaos. Chaos. Anarchy. Anarchy. Uh, oh, this actually brings me to um, one of the things I can talk about. Oh, uh, that or feral later. child. Oh, there's nothing for a feral <laughs> child. Anyway, sorry, continue. Uh, this actually uh, background brings me to one of the things that's a little bit different um, from 5e. Uh, so if you look at most of these backgrounds, you'll see they all have a very specific uh, lore. Uh, this is kind of like uh, history or arcana or uh, a lot of skills in 5e. Um, actually, scratch that because I just I just remembered Pathfinder still has arcana, but it's it's sort of taking the place of history in a way. Um, 
a lot just about every background will know something about something um so that that's what it means when it says like warfare lore yes so everyone will have a type of lore check or it's kind of their version of history but it'll be much more specific so they're only able to remember very certain categories of lore pez what is the capital of your city well, i don't know who won the battle of 1862 oh those guys over there <laughs> um but yeah so are we are we since uh since we are doing a cobalt are, are we settling I, on i don't know i i i just saw insurgent and just had those fucking you know just anarchy 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 and it just made me giggle so that's kind of what i latched on to if there's another one here's some huh wait okay insurgent uh, alphabet R P O N M L K I J H. Oop, hold up. Insert you. There we go. What? You can't say your alphabet backwards. You didn't. Z Y X B U T S R Q P O L N M L. Anyway. All right. So we have an insurgent kobold with the dragon scale heritage. One hell of a wild child. Yep. Yeah, so background is definitely one of those things where that is something you can take your own time to look into. It's a lot. There's a lot. There's. Um, pff, he's not kidding. <laughs> even the core rule book is a pretty sizable list. Um, so, last but not least, we have the classes. Um, we're going to stick to the core classes for this. There is some expanded and class archetypes and stuff. Like I said, some of that, the rules are a bit out there. <clears throat> Oh, Still don't have a firm grasp on them, um, but for our core, we have Alchemist, which is a little, uh, which is not something found in Dungeons and Dragons at the moment. Uh, we have Barbarian, Bard, Champion, which takes the place of Paladin. We have Clerics, Druids, Fighter, Monk, Ranger, Rogue, Sorcerer, and Wizard. So, pretty similar. Um, the expanded list does include stuff like Gunslinger and Inventor, uh, Magus, and a Oracle, bunch of other psychic, really cool stuff. Swashbuckler. Yeah, swashbuckler. Summoner. Summoner just sounds dope just off the bat, but yeah, we're first sticking to uh, basic bitch. Yeah, uh, you will notice that uh, Warlock is missing from this. Uh, that is in the expanded list, uh, but instead of Warlock, it's called a Witch, um, which oh, is, it is the the most similar class you can find to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Zach, what are we feeling like our little Cobalt Insurgents? Uh, class is no <laughs> what I heard what Nim said oh did he say rogue you said he's an insurgent yeah yeah he's a cobalt insurgent I want to be a barbarian because I want to see him dressed like fucking Rambo just Nim with a fucking cobalt with a knife in his mouth, fucking paint on his face, a band or a, a, a bandana around his head. Nothing else. <laughs> nothing else. <laughs> All right. Um. So yeah, those. That is kind of that is going to be the foundation for your character. Still very similar to Five E in a lot of ways, but you do start to see the differences uh, peek in. Uh. Now because of how we chose Barbarian and Cobalt and Insurgent. Our stats are currently at, um, let's see. Strength is a 16, so it's going to be a plus 3. 
Dex is a twelve, so it's going to be plus one. Uh, Constitution so, is stupid. Question: the um, the stats they go up and down every two points. Still correct? Yeah. That, well, yes, they still go up and down every two points. Okay. Um, little something to keep in mind: uh, the scale for stats in five E is very. Um, 20 is kind of the top deck, but certain magical items can push you through that roof. Uh, for Pathfinder, it can get a lot higher. And okay. we're talking skill checks and everything. Like, you rarely see a skill check in 5e go to, like, 30. That's for something, like, that's extremely difficult. Here, the the ceiling is more like 40. Jesus. It's a lot more common. But there is a balancing uh, that is introduced. Okay. Um, but going over our, our, our current character sheet right now, a couple, a little bit more, uh, you'll see right below our abilities, you'll see Fortitude, Reflex, and Will. So instead of having a saving throw for all three stats, you only have three saving throws. Uh, one for Strength, one for Wisdom, and one for Dexterity. Okay. So basically, the mind, your strength, and your agility. Oh, sorry. Constitution, not strength. So dexterity, oh, okay. constitution, and wisdom. So there's no charisma, no intelligence, and no strength. Okay. Interesting. Um, so protect your mind, protect your body, move. And protect right. Burger King. Um, well, mm, you can I don't see know about we, already have, we already have a health score. Health <clears> is going <throat> to work in a very different way in Pathfinder. Uh, instead of rolling for health, it's going to be a very much uh, straight number. Uh, your it's your first health is going to be a combination of uh, your ancestry. I believe your background can have an impact and your class. Uh, and then every time you level up, your class just gives you a solid number that it goes up by. Uh, for the case of, let's see, barbarians... Uh, it goes up by a solid number of, where is it? It's just here. Eh, 12. So every time you uh, level up, it's your 12 plus your constitution modifier is going to be your health uh, increase. Every time. Hmm. Um, yeah, a little bit different. I actually think that's an interesting and personally better way of doing things, but yeah, because understand... you can spend weeks on a campaign, finally level up, and then roll a two. So, personally, I think that's really nice. I I have a name. Oh, you don't like Wild Child? Thud. <laughs> Thud. Thud. <laughs> With two it. Ds, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he needs two Ds. Okay. <laughs> uh, something else we can uh, go ahead and cover is uh class dc um so class dc sets the difficulty for most of your abilities uh granted by your class there's going to be a lot more than just spell save dcs uh, with pathfinder or and or and this also is going to take up place of a lot of like strength saving throws and stuff like that instead it's just going to be your class dc um, cringe yeah, I was clicking on stuff. We'll get to that. Let him finish. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so, 
this is going to be your, um, let's see, it's going to be 10 plus your proficiency bonus for the class, um, which brings me into my next thing, proficiency bonus. It's going to work way different. Um, so your proficiency bonus is going to go up every time you level up by one because it's going to be uh, the modifier of proficiency plus your class level. Uh, plus your class level where where on the sheet is the proficiency bonus that's a great question uh um, next question uh, <laughs> <laughs> and now it's plus three you're welcome um that's actually, that i don't i don't know <laughs> if you click on if you click on anything that you're trained in you'll see the proficiency bonus that you gain from yeah proficiency, your proficiency is bonus is three on that uh, but yeah, so okay. instead of proficiency bonus going up uh, with across the board with your character, uh, your proficiency bonus will depend on how trained you are in that subject. Uh, as you can see there, uh, with perception, you're an expert. Uh, it has five levels, untrained, trained, expert, master, and legend. Mm. Um, Temel. And, and that is going to determine your <clears throat> proficiency bonus for that specific thing. Um, there are ways to increase your proficiency using skills and class benefits and all sorts of stuff um, but I, th I think everyone it's I haven't seen a class that does not start out at perception expert uh. or uh, but I haven't been able to really go in depth uh, for all of another thing you'll notice perception it is kind of separated from the rest of the skills. It works a little bit different, not too much, um, but it is sort of considered its own thing, separated from the rest of the skill list. Real Still quick, kind of getting a handle on his that. ass. I'm tr I'm I'm not expert in perception. Carry on. What? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, still getting a handle on why that is, but that's just how it is uh, for this system. Uh, you'll you'll see a lot of the uh, just below that you'll see a lot of the skills uh, are pretty much the same acrobatics arcana athletics so on and so forth there are a few different ones like uh, crafting diplomacy uh, like I said the lore uh, is very specified depending on what kind of character you are uh, there's occultism um, society and thievery which I would guess kind of takes the place of sleight of hand yes you steal shit <laughs> uh but yeah all sorts of different stuff and as you can see on our character a lot of it's going to be untrained until we kind of get into class abilities and stuff Woo! um so yeah next thing for our level one character is going to be our ancestry feat as you level up um cringe <laughs> Uh, as you level up in Pathfinder, a lot of the stuff is very customizable. Instead of having one definite thing that you get from a level up, you have kind of a list of choices to choose from. Uh, stuff that's going to pop up often is ancestry feats, uh, background feats, class feats, and skill f and skill training and stuff like that. Uh, so you have a lot of different stuff to choose from each time you level up, depending on what type of feat uh, category you get access to. So is Ancestry feats, like, 
Ancestry.com, but for feats. No, no, uh, oh, oh, we laugh. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> I think that joke just gave me cancer. Okay. Um, as you can see, uh, when Ian clicks on us, you have a lot of stuff to choose from at level one, and then some other stuff you'll get to uh, poke around with at levels five, nine, and thirteen. Cobalt Breath and... is just eating a lot of onions. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, kobolds actually have a breath weapon if you so choose. Uh, you'll actually see there are two diamonds next to kobold breath. This brings me uh, lovingly organically into uh, action economy in combat, which I'll briefly touch on. Uh, so in 5e, you have your action, your bonus action, and your movement. Those are the those are the three things you have. Reaction. Uh, they are. And outside of your turn reaction. Thank you. Um, none of those are interchangeable. You have to, uh, if you don't have one you want to do, you can't change it for something else. However, in Pathfinder, you have a three action action economy. And they are kind of split up into um, just basic attacks, movement, or some other basic action. Uh, there is a whole thing on basic actions and what that entails and what you can and can't do. Uh, but you have a lot more fluidity with stringing together what you want to do. Uh, so say you have someone that's on the other side of a rock, but you want to use your cobalt breath on it. Well, you can use uh, one of your three to move around the rock to get in range, and then you can use the last two of your actions to use a breath weapon on them, and then your turn's over. Uh, alternatively, you could do um, a move, scamper. regular attack. Yeah. Uh, let's see, what does Scamper do? You instinctively know how to flee danger. You stride up to your speed with a plus five foot status bonus to your speed. You gain a plus two circumstance bonus to AC against reactions triggered by this movement. You must end this movement in a space that's not adjacent to any enemy. You okay. have to be adjacent so... to at least one enemy when you're doing this. So that is kind of a improvement on the basic uh, move with also giving you some protection against um, I'm blanking on the word for attacking when someone moves away. Attack from of him. opportunity. Thank you. Uh, another note, not everyone gets attack of opportunity. Only certain classes, skills, and monsters will have that ability. Oh. So it's not something for everyone. I believe fighter is the only class that gets it right off the bat. Huh. Well, we could uh, also go yeah. for cringe. <laughs> yeah, so cringe would be one of your uh, reactions. Ian, you want to read that out for us? Uh, yeah, so the trigger is a creature you are aware of critically succeeds on a strike against you and would deal damage to you. With that, with pitiful posturing, you cause your foe to pull back a deadly attack. The attacking creature takes a circumstance penalty to the damage of the triggering strike equal to your level plus two. This penalty applies after doubling the damage for a critical hit. The attacker is then immune to your cringe for 24 hours. So it sounds like you basically negate a lot of damage. you be like, no, don't kill me, man. The attacker is immune to your cringe. <laughs> <laughs> for 24 hours. <laughs> but, but tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. It's back. <laughs> I just... I, 
I also have uh, an interesting reaction. It's called squawk because I'm making a bird person. Uh, it's you critically <laughs> fail a deception, diplomacy, or intimidation check against a creature that doesn't have the Tengu trait. Um, as a result, you let out an awkward squawk, ruffle your feathers, or fake some other bird-like tick another to cover up a social misstep or faux pas. You get a failure on the triggering check rather than a critical failure, and all creatures that witness you squawk are temporarily immune for 24 hours. So basically, he rips ass in front of the king goes, Squawk! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Oh, there's... Uh, so while we're looking at kobold, there's actually a, a really good example of something else if you want to look at kobold lore for me. So this is a really good example of how you might go from tra- untrained in a skill or some other uh, rank to bumping that up one. Uh, for this one, you alternatively learn key kobold strategies and mythology from your elders. You're trained proficiency in stealth and thievery. So you go from untrained to trained in those two. And you would automatically become trained in one of those skills. Uh, you instead become trained in a skill of your choice. Such as if you already had trained, pick anything else. Uh, you also became become trained in kobold lore. So you can pick up multiple lore subjects. Interesting. As you go. What do you think, Nim? Or who do we want to pick on this one? Becca, you pick. What's yeah, what's the feat? Well, you get four. Well, what what's the feat for level one? You get four at level one. Really? I, I think so. Hold on, let me let me double check. Uh, oh, sorry, no, that was that was something else. So, my bad. Yeah. Which uh, which one for level one? Uh, do you need to come look at my screen, Becca? Okay. Well, please. Hold, please. Hold, please. <laughs> dun, dun. You can shut your face, too, sir. Okay. <laughs> um, obviously, Cobalt Breath. Cobalt Breath? Because of the right. and then we'll be set. Okay. Aww. <laughs> uh, all right. So that is our ancestry feat. Uh, we'll then move on to class feat. Um, hmm? Clearly, he needs acute vision. He sees everything cute for miles around. Mostly bunnies and tiny <clears throat> spiders. Uh, so, yeah, this is going to be... <laughs> your... I'm sorry. The, the description for acute vision is when you are raging, your visual senses improve, granting you dark vision. You're so angry at the dark, you can see through it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is going to be our barbarian thing. Uh, so yeah, they have all sorts of stuff. I want to, uh, also pull our attention to Sudden Charge, another, uh, two-action, um, ability. Uh, with a quick sprint, you dash up to your foe and, uh, swing. You stride twice. If you end your movement within melee reach of at least one enemy, you can make a melee strike against your enemy. You Sudden Charge while burrowing, climbing, flying, or swimming instead of striding if you have the corresponding movement type. Uh, so yeah, there are abilities, magic items, other stuff that can give you burrowing, climbing, flying, or swimming speeds uh, that correspond to this as well. So is that basically double move and bonk? Pretty much, but it's all in one move. Uh, so you get to instead of like moving twice and then hitting, you can uh, use two actions to move twice and hit, and then you still have one action left. Damn. So you could double uh, move, bonk, and bonk again theoretically. Yes. Which actually brings me to another interesting rule for Pathfinder. Uh, in an effort to make it uh, a balancing effort, um, 
anytime you attack um, in a turn, you have a negative five penalty on the next attack. Um, huh. So say if you so say oh, if you same moved turn? At, oh, yes, on the same okay. turn. So if you moved, attacked, and then attacked again, that second attack would have a negative five. If you were in front of someone and you attacked all three times, the second one's going to have negative five, and the third one's actually going to have a negative ten. Damn. Okay. I mean, it makes sense. I'm, yeah. I'm sure there are also abilities to get around this and subvert this, um, but just for a basic character, that's how it works. Huh. Okay. What about Raging Thrower? That sounds like something funny a kobold could do. Oh, it's just throwing uh, weapons. I was hoping to just throw people. Just like this tiny kobold. Just like picking up a full-grown ass. Yeah! Like, exactly! Well, I mean, if we're going uh, off of Pez, though, Raging Intimidation, he's got the frills. That... <laughs> Another interesting ability from this is you can... Uh, moment of Clarity. You push back your Rage even for a moment in order to think clearly. Until the end of your turn, you can use actions with the Concentrate trait... Even if those actions don't have the rage trait. No, Rambo doesn't think. Rambo only kills. <laughs> but I just, I also want to point out as you, as we're looking at a lot of these, you'll see a lot of different um, uh, boxes above them that say um, the tags. Uh, concentration or rage or uh, flourish or attack or all sorts of little, um, yeah, the tags. Thank you. Uh, if you go back to Sudden Charge, you'll actually see two of them open and flourish. Uh, open means that has to be the very first thing you do in a turn. If it's not, you can't use that action. Uh, and then if I remember correctly, flourish is... Ah, here it is. Our techniques that require too much exertion to perform a large number in a row. You can only use one action with a flourish trait per turn. So if you had a another flourish action that you wanted to use that only had uh, one action economy still couldn't use it got it so <clears throat> lot lot more strategy and, and planning uh whenever you do your turn uh, but yeah uh coming back to well, actually I'd, I'd say we're back to you uh ian what what uh barbarian feat do we want uh, to pick let's see your fury fills your foes with fear while you are raging. Your demoralized and scared to death actions from the intimidation skill and the intimidation skill feat gain the rage trait, allowing you to use them while raging. As soon as you meet the prerequisites for the skill feats, intimidating glare and scared to death, you gain these feats. Um, I also kind of like the idea of a tiny kobold just sprinting towards someone and clobbering them. So we'll go with sudden charge. All right. Uh, we're going to go back up real quick to set abilities. Okay. Uh, make, make sure. <laughs> Irrigo background boosts. <laughs> Let's see. Actually, I this is not what I thought it was. Um, dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. The bitches. Yeah, I know. I'm listening. <laughs> uh, My friend Michelle has that same notification, by the way. Uh, okay, so set abilities, not what I thought it was. Um, so I don't know what it's... Oh, I know what it's asking for here. Uh, so I believe we still have a few 
uh, additions to make to... Well... Yeah, so if you look at the bottom of this, you see free boosts. Mm -hmm. uh, those are uh, some free ability score improvements that we have. Uh, so if you notice, actually, Strength is already at a plus four because it's at an 18. For Pathfinder, whenever you hit 18, any increase that you take after that is only going to be uh, by one. So it's only going to go up to 19 instead of going up to 20. Okay. Uh, so on and so forth. But you have uh, four boosts to take here. And actually from your background, it looks like we have two strengths. So we can change that one of those to wisdom to up our wisdom a little bit. Yeah. Um, all right. So, yeah, that's what that is. Um, so that yeah, that's just more kind of bookkeeping and uh dispersing of abilities to improve where you want to have your most strength uh, if you go to the thing next to it called skill training this is another and here because of background and class we've taken we can select three skills uh to either to be trained in all right um, what does thud train himself in um hmm You should have studied for this. You knew it was going to be on the test. Occultism. <laughs> oh, occultism. Okay. Like it, like it. Intimidation. Of course. Mm -hmm. Uno mas. Stealth. Ooh, okay. Right. Uh, so we have something to pick from. I believe this is our background, our draconic exemplar. Uh, what kind of oh. dragon do we take after? Kirsten. Hi. What? Pick a color. Uh, hold on. Black, blue, brass, bronze, copper, gold, green, red, silver, or white. Green. Uh, green. Uh, you gain a breath weapon. It's a cone, and you deal poison damage. Toxic little bastard, isn't he? <laughs> I mean, that's cringe, so I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if we have to do the same uh, resistance as we did our breath weapon. Doesn't seem like it. Do you want to have the same resistance? Yeah, just do poison. Yeah, we'll just do oh, poison. Keep fire. it simple. Okay, fire. he wants fire. Here we go. Okay, it's fire. Yep. <laughs> uh, and now we get to instinct. Um, now, just like in Five E, this is sort of like your subclass. Um, I will say in Pathfinder, subclasses are going to uh, vary wildly. Some classes have very in-depth subclasses. Barbarian does to some extent, and some classes uh, won't even have them at all. Uh, kind of like Summoner, you in, you mentioned earlier, Ian. They don't have mm -hmm. one at all. Um, some, like Bard, only have a subclass that gives them one ability up front, and then that's it. Uh, so the subclasses are going to vary wildly. Um, but for this, I'm going to... I, uh, what instinct do we want? We have Animal Instinct, Dragon... 
instinct, fury, giant, spirit, or superstitious. Very superstitious. Superstitious <laughs> I mean, it is. Occultism. Kind of <laughs> uh, that's yeah, true. That <laughs> uh, so, uh, when you pick this, um, this is actually very important for barbarians uh, and some other classes as well. You'll see uh, that second paragraph is titled uh, Anth- uh-huh. yeah. Anathema. Go, go ahead. Anathema. An- Anathema. Thank Anathema. you. English is hard. Uh, <laughs> so a lot oh, of this. I got my ring and my whiskey. I'm sad. Anathema <laughs> <laughs> is the stuff that, as your certain subclass, you cannot do. Otherwise, you actually lose some of your abilities. Fishing it out. <laughs> it tastes I... good. I guess if, you, if you're metal, Are you you're... sucking on your ring. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. I guess, I guess metal's anathema is dropping his ring and his whiskey. Well, he's out of the fight. I wasn't aware he was ever in the fight. Wow. Oh, I'm I'm in a fight. All right. So, uh, willingly accepting the effects of magic spells, including from scrolls, wands, and the like, even from your allies, is anathema to your instinct. You can still drink potions and invest and activate most magic items you find, though items that cast spells are subject to the same restrictions as all other spells. If an ally insists on using magic on you despite your unwillingness, and you have no reason to believe they will stop, continuing to travel with that ally of your own free will counts as willingly accepting their spells as do similar circumstances and thus is also anathema to your instinct. Yeah. So that it, seems like bad news bears. Yeah. It's Barbarian a, it's, no trust sparkly magic. It's One glitter bomb too many. <laughs> it's an interesting uh, aspect to Pathfinder and I've seen people be all for it on some of the forums I've researched and some people be uh, totally against it. Um, but it is a little uh, part roleplay, part uh, actual gameplay um, addition that I just think is really interesting because some of the other classes, uh, especially paladins, or uh, sorry, champions, uh, and even some of the races and backgrounds uh, have anathemas, and it creates an interesting dynamic. Well, I mean, this is this is kind of dope, though, because while raging, you gain a plus two status bonus to all saves against magic. You also increase your damage from rage from two to four against creatures that can cast spells. Once every ten minutes when you rage, you regain hit points equal to your temporary hit points you gain from the rage action. So basically, you're like, magic something bad, and poof, and you just beat the shit out of them. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Pez? Um, My only thing was, you said if you continue to travel with someone, it's considered, like, ongoing consent? Correct. So does that apply to, like, NPCs? I would assume so. I I would say that probably comes down to your DM. Okay. Because that just seems like a dangerous precedent. Yeah, I mean, generally speaking, you're not always traveling with an NPC. You're really traditionally only traveling with your party. So I would say if an NPC is there, for me, as a DM, I would say it's a temporary agreeance and probably wouldn't affect you versus being with a party member. 
Did you? Yeah. Did you mean NPC or did you mean party member, Becca? Both. Both. NPC was my concern because at least with party members, hopefully you would build like a relationship, and the chances of them becoming like the big bad is probably a little less than an adoptable NPC. Yeah. Because all you have to do is piss Ian off once, and he's like that cute child you picked up in the tavern, all of a sudden grew 20 feet tall, and is, like, sparkles everywhere. So this is all based on the assumption that fucking Anathema does anything. I don't know what it does. Yeah, that, I, I was like, about to ask the same bad. thing. <laughs> I haven't seen anything yet that explains what Anathema does, other than just make you super unwilling to do shit with magic. Um... Like, it doesn't say, like, if, if you willingly let someone cast a spell on you, then you have a negative to your rage bonus, or a negative to your AC, or you start to vomit. Like, it doesn't really say anything. Do you want me oh. to spank you? Get in there. Pathfinder. Here we go. Uh... Reading, reading. Reading, reading, reading. Hold, please. Well, I'm just trying to fill in the gaps so the podcast's not just silent for five minutes. (laughs) Hey, editor, cut out this five minutes. No! All right. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast... Um, Love you, Metal. Never mind. This is going to be one of those things that's going to... That we're gonna have to circle back to at some point if we ever do uh, another session like this, or actually do pick up a game of Pathfinder. I do remember reading somewhere that your uh, how is it pronounced? Anathema. I'm a Anathema. 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 Um, Let's call it anime. Fuck. Yeah, <laughs> your your anime instincts. Your anime instincts. Your weeaboo uh, instincts. <laughs> I do remember reading somewhere that if you. If you do your anathema, then you lose some abilities, is what I remember reading. I don't know where I read that. Um, like I said, still doing a lot of research. Yeah, it, um, that's a lot to ask straight off the gate for you to just know uh, everything. My best guess, based on what you said, is that you probably lose, well, everything that's in the superstitious instinct. I would, I would uh, agree. at least for the duration. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. If I remember correctly, you—I believe you're correct. I believe you lose your uh, any in, uh, ability from this instinct, and I think the way you get it back is you have to like take kill them, a long rest or like 24 hours to like recenter yourself. If I remember correctly, kill them. <laughs> Reaffirm your oath as a paladin. And- <laughs> Go ahead, Becca. So it seems like it's. It's derived from the idea of poisons. Um, so basically, it's a way to sense if something you don't like is in the area or is going to be used against you. And it allows you to have a little bit more preparedness. But if you are willfully ignoring it, your sense of danger just goes away. So for like werewolves, their anathema would be silver. So they could sense silver in an area. But let's say you have a rogue who loves silver and you're acknowledging that and you're traveling with them. 
well, it actually affects your ability to detect silver and you become more vulnerable to it. Hmm. So same thing with magic. If you are willingly going with someone who is casting magic, it actually lowers your ability to perceive it and to defend against it and be able to sense if it's in that area. Okay. That's what it seems to say. Makes sense. So it's like oh. a warning system with a little added benefit. Hmm. Okay. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but yeah, so we are going with the superstitious. I, we've been talking about it the whole fucking time, yeah. Since we're doing Barbarian, I'll also point out, so, since Barbarian is one of the more well-known, I think, uh, classes of 5e, there's a little bit of difference uh no uh from uh you're saying it's not a bitch uh it's in some ways it's actually i think it can be a little bit weaker and a little bit stronger at the same time um so to do your uh rage it is concentrate so that means it's the only thing you can uh concentrate on at the time i believe yep uh emotion it means it's going to alter the way uh your emotional is and your mental uh but yeah, so requirements, you aren't fatigued or raging already. You tap into your inner fury and begin raging. You gain a number of temporary hit points equal to your level plus your constitution modifier. Uh, so for us, it'd be zero because our constitution is negative one. But well, we can... I actually put mine to one. Oh, you put yours to one? Uh, yeah. But yeah, you can change this <clears throat> talking with your DM, just switching some stuff around. Um, it lasts for one minute, so that's about the same. And until there are no enemies you can perceive or until you fall unconscious. So there's no just coming out of it naturally. You cannot voluntarily stop raging. Uh, you Bruce deal Banner? two additional... <laughs> <laughs> you deal... What? I'm always angry. Nice. <laughs> that bit right there is interesting. You get a negative one to your AC. Yes, so instead of it being you, uh, you're resistant to a lot of stuff, you're actually more vulnerable. Um, you can't take other actions with the Concentrate unless they also have the Rage trait. Uh, you can seek while raging. Um, after you stop I'm so raging, mad! What the fuck did I leave my keys? <laughs> after you stop raging, you lose any remaining temporary hit points, and you can't rage again for one minute. Hmm. That's interesting that you get a penalty to your AC. Do you get other resist? You don't even get resistances. Uh, well, with your instinct, you do get that resistance. Um, I think it's to spells. Yeah. Yeah. You get a plus two to uh, saves from all spells. So yeah, it's a little bit different. Um, with <clears throat> with this one though, you're not required to be. Um, unarmored defense you can actually wear armor and stuff uh hmm. you can even use a shield i believe um so it's yeah it's a little bit different um so like i said in some ways weaker some ways stronger just kind of depends on how you use it yeah um let's see we've already covered Ancestry feats and class feats. If we go down to level two, I'm not gonna take us all the uh, all through a lot of levels, but I did want to look at uh, skill feats, uh, which is something you get you start getting at level two. Ooh. Yeah, 
there are all sorts of stuff. Now, skill feat, as I understand, is kind of a everyone has access to most, if not all, things. So this is more of a general um, general uh, list that everyone chooses from. So there's all sorts of stuff that you can get as a Oh, look, it's skill. Kirsten. <laughs> Crystal healing. Oh, <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> there's a skill feat called Crystal Healing. <laughs> I like it. Yep. <laughs> all crystals are attacked. You know how to stimulate a body's natural healing abilities through the application of resonant crystals. Do we? Okay. Basically, you can use two stones with the value of uh, a total value of five gold pieces in place of a healer's tools, which allows you to attempt to treat disease or treat poison. Yes. I'm a hefty hauler. I heft holly. Oh, okay. Let's have to. Okay. You can carry more than your frame implies. Increase your maximum and encumbered bulk limits by two. So, junkie bard. <laughs> yeah. You can throw the table instead of just the chair. Oh, <laughs> Like it's Monopoly. Miminapathy. Miniminimi. Uh, intimidating glare. You can demoralize with a mere glare. When you do, demoralize loses the auditory trait and gains the visual trait, and you don't take a pen. Ah, it's, pff, I don't know. So it's my mother. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, we did do the occult thing, so recognize spell, maybe. Yeah. Oh, well, no, it's a spell that you don't have prepared. You're a barbarian. Well, technically, you're a barbarian. You don't have any spells prepared. Yeah, that's, and yeah, you make the most out of that. <laughs> yeah, and you have training in occultism, which you, so, is required. You don't have prepared or in your spell repertoire or a trap or similar object cast such a spell. You must be aware of the casting. If you are trained in the appropriate skill for the spell's tradition, and it's a common spell, blah 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 blah. blah, blah you automatically identify it. Uh... <laughs> I find that hilarious. Like you, you just. You identify a spell, but you're not trained in any of the schools, so you're just like, there's a spell. Like, all right, and? Uh, yeah, and it's like, <laughs> you're in the middle of a fight, and he's like, he's casting identify! <laughs> and? You just get to know the spell, guys. I think nope. he casts a spell at me, but, but I could be wrong. <laughs> but I mean, that's literally it. Like, all you do is you identify what the spell was that was cast. That's it. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like, oh, you recognize a spell and you can throw a rock at him to stop it. It's like, no, you just you just fucking know what it is. <laughs> Except you don't. <laughs> it does say that uh, since Arcana, Nature, Occultism, or Religion are kind of like the categories of spells, if you are not... So if... For this character, if it's not an occult spell, uh, you're not going to know what it is no matter what. <laughs> it has he, to be an occult spell. He's casting a spell! Also, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I uh, love the critical failure. You misidentify the spell as another spell entirely. <laughs> he's casting message! Fire. Boom! That wasn't message. <laughs> it was a very clear message, but it wasn't message. <laughs> it was more of a to whom it may concern message. 
good. Well, so on that note, I also saw a combat climber, and I kind of like the idea of Pez just kind of geckoing up a wall, just like jumping from the ceiling, foaming at the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, you can climb with a hand occupied, so that's kind of cool. You can climb up with your. <laughs> you must use it. No. You must still use another hand and both legs to climb. Are you climbing that? Are you climbing that rock? Or eat my dinner on top of the mountain? Fuck you. <laughs> uh. Okay, let's get to. Okay, co combat climber. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm picking it so we can move on. All right. Um, <laughs> well, that actually does it for what I am well versed in. So this is, this is roughly the, the equivalent to a level two character here. Um, there's, there's still a lot I'm still diving into, like weapons and armor and gear and stuff like that. Uh, I will say another interesting thing. <laughs> Um, that we as using D&D uh, &D Beyond have gotten used to is kind of just uh, having the standard stuff to pick from. In Pathfinder, there's not really standard gear because there's so much of it. Uh, so they just say you have 15 gold, equal, which is also equal to 150 silver to work with, and that's how much you have to buy your starting gear, whether it be armors, weapons, and other stuff. Um, Quick so question. That's off Yes. Have you guys seen that meme about the type A and the type P, type B people? And he's like, oh, you just need to slow down and smell the roses. And then he just smells all of them and he gets a trophy as like flower smelling champion. <laughs> no. The well, roses smell him back. So, well, there's this acute scent feat, which is when you rage, your sense of smell improves. You gain imprecise scent within a, you gain imprecise scent within a range of thirty feet. And I just had that in my brain. It's like I can smell everything. I just picture him being so pissed off that he's just like, "Where is he?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all well and good until someone farts, and then you're fucked. Well, th then you know no, exactly. This rage is redirected. <laughs> then, I was gonna say, then you know exactly who dealt it. Or you passed the fuck out, depending on who it was. No one fought. I'm pissed off. <laughs> um, one other thing I do know about that I'll go ahead and point <gasps> out: uh, if you see right below your armor class, is this thing called hero points. Yeah. Uh, we'll also dead. we'll also talk about um, their version of death saving throws because that also. Uh, it kind of ties into hero points. So hero points is kind of their version of inspiration. Um, you, everyone starts the, uh, the session, the game session uh, with at least one hero point. Uh, so no matter where you started from or how, uh, at what point in the last session you used your hero point, you always start the current game uh, with one hero point. The current sit down. Uh, yeah. The current sit down. Huh. Um, so if if we were playing Pathfinder every other Friday, we would sit down, start playing. Each person starts with one hero point. Uh, you can gain other hero points by doing uh, stuff that's kind of exemplifies your character. is very in character and very heroic for you to do. Uh, that's also kind of up to the GM's interpretation. What's interesting is what you can do with these points. Uh, you can spend one point. Uh, to actually re-roll uh, a skill check, a attack, or anything like any d20 roll, 
uh, that you thought, mm, I don't like that roll, I want to roll it again, you can spend one hero point to do that. You do have to use uh, the new roll. If it succeeds, uh, you and the DM can kind of weave how something almost went wrong, but then uh, you were able to heroically uh, kind of pull it out of the jaws of defeat kind of thing. Uh, the other use of them is for when you are uh, unconscious. So in combat for Pathfinder, instead of rolling death saving throws, when you go unconscious, uh, you gain the condition of dying one. Uh, now in Pathfinder, uh, as you are unconscious, there there is dying one through four. Uh, every time you fail their version of a death saving throw, you go up um, from dying one to dying two to dying three and so on and so forth. If you reach dying four, you're dead. Um, if someone does a medicine check on you or uses a, a health spell to or a healing spell to uh, to bring you back up, uh, you are back up. However, you do have a different condition called wounded. Uh, it's same thing, wounded one through four. Um, if you have this wounded condition and then you are brought down to zero again, uh, you automatically go to dying two so it's it's going to up however far you are by one uh or two if you have wounded two three if you have wounded three obviously if you have wounded three and you go down automatically dead um hero points however can be used to while you are in the dying condition to just pop right back up you can use all the hero points. You don't get to use just one. You have to use all of them, however many you have, and you pop right back up. However, you do still have wounded condition on you. Uh, but that is the two uses for hero points. Rerolling a d20 roll you didn't like or automatically getting back up. Um, but yeah. That's... I find it funny that if you're dying, you get back up, you're wounded. You go back to dying, you're more dying. You become, You come back up, you're more wounded. As a result, you go back down again, you're even more dying. Hey, yeah, there know, are a funny loop. Yeah, there yeah. are different uh, spells and abilities and feats and all sorts of stuff to get rid of wounded. Um, but as a base character, as far as I know, uh, unless you're a cleric or something, you probably don't have access to that. Uh, but yeah, that is as kind of as far as I've gotten into this dive into Pathfinder. It's only been about a week, so still learning the ins and outs. Haven't even touched spells yet. Um, but I hope that gave everyone kind of a decent overlook of some of the base characteristics of and differences of Pathfinder. Hey, I want to extend this tiny overlook. Uh, do you know what the... You know how there was like that single, double, and triple diamond? Yes. Mm -hmm. What about the faded single diamond? Like there's an outline single diamond. Uh, yeah, so that's what's called a free action. Uh, it works very similar to how free actions work in 5e, so you don't have to take a full action. Uh, I believe, I can't remember if you can do it any time during your current turn or if you can do it any time during the round. I believe it's any time during your turn. Uh, but it does not take up one of your three diamonds uh, as a free action. Free actions don't require you to spend any of your three single actions or your reaction. A free action may have a trigger like a reaction does. If so, you can use it just like a reaction, even if it's not your turn. However, you can only use one free action per trigger. 
So if you have multiple free actions with the same trigger, you have to decide which to use. If a free action doesn't have a trigger, you can you use it like a single action just without spending any of your actions for the turn. Okay, yeah. so the two that have I a saw trigger were... during your turn. Yeah, the two that I saw were delay and release, at least for my oh, character. So yes. like you get to delay your turn into later in the initiative or just release the object that you're holding. Yes, I forgot. None of you were here. I actually did mention delay off uh, off stream to Ian because it was just so bizarre to me. Um, delay is actually a free action you can take where you can literally change where your turn is in the initiative order. Um, it's Ian, I see you have it pulled up if you want to go into that sure so the trigger is your turn begins you wait for the right moment to act the rest of your turn doesn't happen yet instead you're removed from the initiative order you can return to the initiative order as a free action triggered by the end of another creature's turn this permanently changes your initiative to the new position you can't use reactions until you return to the initiative order if you delay an entire round without returning to the initiative order the actions from the delayed turn are lost your initiative does not change, and your next turn occurs at your original position in the initiative order. When you delay, any persistent damage or other negative effects that normally occur at the start or end of your turn occur immediately when you use the delay action. Any oh, beneficial <laughs> any beneficial effects that would end at any point during your turn also end. The GM might determine that other effects end when you delay as well. Essentially, you can't delay to avoid negate negative consequences that would happen on your turn or to extend beneficial effects that would end on your turn. So basically, for in D&D 5e sense, if you are holding uh, concentration on like something that gives your party advantage, but not everyone has gone yet, and some guy's like, oh, well, I have one more fireball at level 9 I want to cast. You're like, oh, well, he's after me. He's like... I'll delay my turn and let him get that. It's like, no, it poof, and then neither of you get it, so fuck off. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I will say another thing that's kind of related to delay and moving your place in the order. I did forget this about um, the unconscious condition. Uh, when you're unconscious or when you first go down, your turn is actually forcefully moved from its place in the order to directly in front of whoever uh, downed you. Oh. So, oh. Yeah. I don't really know the reason for that, but that is a rule I did come across. I love that the release free action is basically you just drop whatever you're holding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> drop it. Okay. Okay. As far as I can tell, that's kind of the main uh, use for a free action other than delay. Mm-hmm. There was a, a free action for one of the barbarian feats that I saw. Um, where'd it go? Reckless Abandon. Your turn begins and you are at half or fewer hit points as the trigger. Your blood boils when you take uh, a beating and you throw caution to the wind to finish the fight. You gain a plus two circumstance bonus to attack rolls, a negative two penalty to AC, and a negative one penalty to saves. These bonuses and penalties last until your rage ends or until you are above half hit points, whichever comes first. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I did want to mention, because uh, we talked about how the DC for some checks and stuff can get up into the 30s and even the really hard one up to 40. Uh, the way 
as far as I can tell from some of the videos I've watched and some of the research I've done, the way Pathfinder is sort of um, designed is that in early levels, everything's going to give you trouble. Uh, but if the game master is running the game correctly, you're not going to encounter anything that's just super far outside your level unless you're supposed to revisit it later. However, as you climb into above 5 and above 10, if you encounter stuff that you might have encountered at those early levels, it's not going to give you near as much trouble. And in fact, it should almost always be uh, an automatic critical success or at least a success. Um, that's kind of the way, almost like a video game is designed. Like if you go into the new area, you should be about the right level for it. But if you go into an old area, you should just wreck shop. Yeah, if you, you do all the side quests quest, before, it. yeah, before the boss. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, another thing about it is the for a lot of the checks and stuff, um, uh, it's actually not the success, failure, critical failure, critical success is not set. It's a, more of a sliding scale. So say I was about to um, ask that. Say the say the DC for something is fifteen. Uh, if you roll exactly a fifteen, that's a success. However, if you roll a twenty-five or above, which is if it's ten or more. That's automatically a critical success. You do not have to roll a 20 to get a critical success. You have to be 10 or above okay. the DC. In the same way, though, if you get uh, 9 or less below it, that's a failure. But if you get 10 or less below it, that's a critical failure. Well, so 10 or less is only 5 under it. So are you meaning like if you roll like a under a 5? Yeah, if you roll under a 5... Critical failure. Okay, does not have got to be it. A one. Okay. Uh, in the same way that, because once you get into those higher levels, uh, you're going to have, it's going to be a lot more common because you're going to have a lot higher abilities and skills. It's going to be more common to have those plus five, plus 10, in some cases, plus 15 to get those above 30, sometimes even plus 20 to really get up there in the later levels. Mm-hmm. Um that make it almost impossible to fail those really early checks. Like, for instance, if you were a thief and you encounter a lock at, like, level 3, that's decently around your skill level. If you encounter that again later at, like, level 10 or level 15, it would be nearly impossible to fail. Oh, here, I got a key for that. Puts foot into jam. <laughs> yeah. Foot in house. Hop. Uh. So, yeah, it, it seems I am I'm interested, but also a little intimidated because yeah. 5e has definitely dumbed down the role playing like what's the word I'm looking for? Gatekeeping is the wrong word. 5e has made it far easier for people who don't have the brain power to get into this hobby. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and Pathfinder seems kind of like pro level or like semi-professional level kind of like you need to know your shit 5e is a gateway drug there it is (laughs) (laughs) i actually think just because of the way we've seen zach play video games and stuff if he really dove into it he would have a blast min maxi oh i'm fucking terrified there's so much customizability (laughs) so much custom just so much i'm absolutely horrified about what he'd be able to do (laughs) <laughs> you'd have to absolutely just fucking single him out <laughs> and you'd still probably like i would still money. lose 
I'm... Yeah, you... <laughs> Well, because, I mean, just going off of what Zeke has shown us to level two, I mean, the amount of choices that you have that could seriously affect your end game is beefy, yeah. <laughs> My two cents on it so far. That's an inside it, joke. Yep. It seems very, like, you guys are right. And I can't be mad at Ian because he's fucking right. Mm -hmm. If I decided to dive into this, I could probably make something absolutely busted. But... <laughs> There's something there's something that's said about a system that's not that's simple enough to understand but as complicated as you want to make it compared to a system that's extremely complicated and could get even more complicated than you want to make it. So like I would definitely be interested in seeing what's what this game has to offer cuz I mean I worked for the company that freaking makes this. So I mean like I, I know that it's got a decent, like, player base, and it definitely has good rules and everything behind it, but I I like D&Ds for its simplicity and the ability to make it complicated based on who you're playing with and who your DM is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's one of those, you can make it as complicated as you want to, but for somebody who's, into like, brand new into the game, they don't have to be complicated. No, he... Like, they could be very simple. And I think this is I think this is a really neat system because like you get to choose like your backgrounds and and they give you bonuses. So like RP wise, it makes a whole lot more sense. But at the same time, if you screw it up, you got to make sure that you talk to somebody to kind of fix where you might have messed up. And that's like, you know, it, that's kind of why I was like saying a, that Pathfinder seems like a semi professional professional type of player because yeah. you you need to know what you're doing. You really do. You can't just you can't min-max the sliders left and right. Cause... You want to you wanna talk to somebody who has some experience with this or, like, maybe take a look at a guide to kind of see, like, hey, you know, maybe making my first character. You don't want to make another Barbarian. Some... <laughs> yeah, well, uh, who knows? A Barbarian could be very good in this game if you choose the right thing. You, you never know. Well, like... No, sorry, Barbarian. Like, I yeah. choosing to be bored, that, that was a terrible mashup. I yeah. should not have done that. Gotcha. Well, okay. In the same way, though, you remember uh, it had what was it? Um, moment of clarity. You push back your rage. It, you can use actions that use a concentrate trait. So that, in some ways, you might have actually been able in Pathfinder to pull off a Bard variant. Possible. A little bit easier. Possible. But I mean, like, just in in comparison to D and D, like when you when you have a level two character and you click on your actions, it's usually giving you actions that you can do via your feats, which is probably very little, your weapons, and that's about it. When I click actions on this level two, dude, there's pages of stuff, because it's literally telling you every single possible action in combat and roleplay that you could possibly do. That's yeah. so now, much. Now, some of them aren't available to you because you might not have the skill training, or you might have the movement type, or you might not have something so it that is the whole list if you have certain things but you also see there are what are called basic over to uh categories as well uh, i will say that it's interesting because there's a couple of different movements that i find interesting because there's i believe stride is your regular movement action where you take your full thing and you can actually use because uh in, in 5e we have uh 
dash, which is where you take two movements. Right. You can take three and just blitz across the board. That's your that's your turn. But you're just out of there. Um, but I think there's another one called step, which is to counter a regular person can counter that um, uh, reactionary attack if they have one by only moving five feet just out of their range instead of taking their full uh, movement. Right. So, interesting stuff. It so is kind of... You basically take an action to step away to not trigger an opportunity attack, and then you can move. Right. Listen, I think what I've gotten out of this is the fact that I don't have to just roll a 20 to make sure I critically attack is fantastic. And if I ever play this game, you should all fear it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it also doesn't look like you get quite so many inherent immediate bonuses like you actually because like when, when we were choosing the um the set abilities and the skill training like you you really this is way more hands-on yeah and it's it, you also especially the further you go into it you your character is going to be specialized in something it's it's not going to be well i i'm not trained in this but maybe i can roll a d20 and still critically succeed it's like no no you got to be trained in it for yeah. it to work especially at those higher levels and the chances of you having a character exactly the same as someone else is probably kind of small yeah there's there's Honestly, so many choices uh-huh i i will say i was skeptical going into this i had no fucking interest in pathfinder uh, pathfinder whatsoever same but i i had i'm i mean i'm feeling a, after going through it i'm feeling a little bit of like the same giddiness giddiness that i felt making my are first still, character in like D. are you still sucking <laughs> on your ring <laughs> you're kidding you. no whiskey's gone so that might explain the the word flub the, the lithpin but... <laughs> <laughs> i'll get right there with you buddy <laughs> but yeah it was uh i don't know this is a good time well zeke has offered to run us a one shot of pathfinder path see the whiskey he has <laughs> volunteered to run a one shot of pathfinder Possibly after we actually start storm, fuck, Storm King's thunder. <laughs> fuck you, Storm King's thunder. Once we get that started again, um, but yeah, that that may need to be uh, a little bit later than initially thought. Possibly just just because we may need a day like per person to sit down and be like. This is why it's a good idea to pick this. I wouldn't pick that because I foresee this being a problem, blah, 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 blah. Or maybe he's just nice and we get halfway through the thing and we're like, wow, that really fucking sucks. All right, let's just change that for the next one. I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. So if you're interested in seeing us blunder our way through Pathfinder eventually, uh, tune back in. Yes. Yeah. I can say with um, that. I will also say that I'm, I'm glad... Because it's so funny, before we started the stream, the metal's like, ah, I'll be here for the jokes, I don't give a fuck. And I'm really glad to hear that you're like, you know, I know, this actually sounds kind of interesting. Because I do think that, as, as a group, there are a lot more tabletop role-playing games out there that I've kind of been interested in for a long time. There's, uh, the first one that comes to mind that I've heard of for a long time is uh, Shadowrun, which is like, kind of a mix between that, That like, sounds really familiar, actually. I think I've There's mentioned a game it before. Of it. It's uh, it's like a mixture between kind of a um, uh, Star Warsy kind of like future uh, 
cyberpunk and but it also has elements of magic and stuff in it as well so it's a it's a cool kind of combination um there's also star wars has its own called edge of empire that has always kind of fascinated me because it's star wars um there's call of cthulhu which leans in more to it leans well it, it, call of cthulhu is interesting because it leans in more to you have these characters who are actually very fragile and can die super easy because you're up against like the enormity and the terrifying it's the dark souls of, the of D&D kind of yeah I'm aware um, no I've heard of it <laughs> but there are a lot of interesting uh, games out there that I kind of wanted to dabble in for a while and now we might have two more coming out with Cobalt Press and MC uh, DM Studios coming out with their own systems that might I... be similar to Pathfinder and D&D who knows I would enjoy seeing, or not seeing, there is one that exists. It's a 40k version of, like, an RPG. I can't remember what the fuck it's called. Why did the kobolds oh, yeah. look like skinks? Or <laughs> salamanders. But I anyway, would enjoy seeing one of those, don't but I don't know. Kobold. It's so fat. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's all sorts of stuff that... Wait, wait, Zach was talking. What? That's fine. No, I, no I, I, go I, ahead, please. No, it's just, I said that there's 40k RPG out there that I would be interested in finding out if it's still a thing. If not, whatever. That's yeah, pretty much I'd, the only other one that I've shown any interest in. I mean, I'd be interested in it too. I mean, playing Dark Tide has definitely made me a little bit more open to, and also watching uh, Texas Speech has made me a little bit more open to uh, Warhammer stuff. Yeah, same. Um, sorry. <laughs> I wasn't expecting this when I saw Ratfolk. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie, my brain went immediately to Skaven, not Fifel Goes West. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm glad. Zeke doesn't know what that is, but. What, Fifel Goes West? Yeah. Oh, oh my okay. god, Zeke, I swear. Me neither. Well, metal, that doesn't surprise anybody, let's be fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was all upset because I got rid of it at Universal. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about like i have no clue what that is <laughs> uncultured so swine i know the baby anyway uh, <laughs> glad you enjoyed. Uh, oh yeah the androids are actually really cool looking it's very cyberpunky yeah uh she has usbs um, in her hair uh paizo the people who make um oh <gasps> yeah Oh, the automatons look dope. Brick wishes. Yeah, yeah pretty I much. Mean, could, I mean, you could make brick into that if you do so choose. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Paizo, the people who make this, actually have a uh, space game mm -hmm. called Starfinder, um, which I think Dimension 20 has done a playthrough of. Um oh. But, yeah, that's another system that would be really cool. Oh, yeah, Ian, I thought you would love those guys. I do kind of like them. The uh, Golden funny part about Yeah, funny part about them, uh, they're actually technically a, consider themselves a prey species. What the uh, fuck preys on these? <laughs> according to they're them, like xenomorph they, werewolves. What the fuck? According to them, their lore is that they are terrified of anything with uh, two or less eyes. 
inherently sideways. That speciesist. I mean, um, well, their their lore is that they think that uh, the a bunch of gods and demons uh, stole eyes from other races, and that those races will now hunt them to steal their eyes, so that they can have multiple eyes again. Oh. That's <laughs> this is fucking little big planet right here, the Poppets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just skimming through the rest of the races here, looking at their character work. That reminds me of uh, Porcupine Dude from X Men. Yeah, Spike. <laughs> oh God. No, just just no. 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 Becca, no. We were looking at the Shoonies. Just Aww. think of like them having to run a mile. No. Just. <laughs> I know. I would want to punch them in the face. Oh, yeah. So actually, apparently the sprites in Pathfinder uh, kind of vary in their appearance greatly. Yeah, that looks like the the moth bat, mm-hmm. and that's just so a cute. butterfly bitch. I don't give a shit about her. Yeah. I want the bat. Oh, for anyone who was also wondering about uh, when they were looking at races, why we didn't see uh, half orc or half elf? Those are technically uh, human heritages. Um, huh. So, they're not a full race by themselves. Yeah, these dudes are dope. The automatons, the golema, and the spider people are probably my favorites that I've looked at, at least art-wise, that I've looked at. I'm a bird, motherfucker. I'm a bird. He's a tengu. <laughs> All right. I still um, wish I could have been a kenku. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing to say that you can't just... Lock people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I remember reading a story back when I was in college. I I took a speech class just, you know, it's like uh, standing in front of people and, and like giving a presentation kind of thing. And basically the guy faked having a really thick accent the whole semester like a very, very thick Mexican accent or something like that because he could speak fluently both languages. And, like, he kept getting better and better and better, quote-unquote, until his final one where he just completely turned it off and went straight English. And he was like, I've been lying to you guys the whole time. I've been able to speak English since day one. <laughs> and that was his we final a, speech. We had a girl who's part of the international exchange program at Disney back when I was in attractions. And we could never figure out why no one yelled at her. And she was maybe four foot five from Japan. And she spoke English with an English accent because that's where she learned it when she was in uh, college. Hmm. But every time someone would come up to yell at her and be like, my kid is tall enough to ride the ride. Like, why didn't they yell that on? She would put on this fake Asian accent, like exaggerated. (laughs) And she'd be like, child too small. Child too small. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, lady. I don't speak English. Child too small. And like, <laughs> would be like, bye, bye, lady, bye, child. Too small. <laughs> and then she'd turn around and speak perfect English with no accent. And I'd be like, what the hell? And she'd be like, this is why I don't get yelled at. That's why I send them all to you. Because they don't think I speak English. That is wonderful. You. <laughs> like half the time, she wouldn't let, like, wouldn't wait for them to leave. She just turned around and have a full conversation. <laughs> <laughs> you 
when you give zero fucks. Zero. She's amazing. I live to be as petty as her. All right. <laughs> like, well, with that level of pettiness in mind, I think that's going to wrap us up for Whiskey Wednesdays, unless anyone else has a story they want to share about pettiness. More questions. <laughs> Fuck you and your questions. Shit, you're in a once. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Okay. How do you, babe? Well, that's petty. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, again, if you haven't already, join the Discord. Link's down below. We're always willing to sit down, chat, and just have fun with people talking about stuff, playing games, whatever. Uh, keep an eye out for... Oh, the next D&D session this coming Friday, it may or may not happen Friday. It may have to happen on the weekend, depending on my mentality after working a week long of overnights. I don't know what's going to happen yet. Uh, it's entirely possible that we'll get done. I'll come home, sleep, wake up, do D and D, like James. Um, oh, right, James Kirsten's not psycho. in here. Well, no, James <laughs> works overnights as well, but I know. Oh. I maintain my comment. <laughs> oh, I love you know him what? Dearly, you know what? I'll, I'll I'll concede that to you. It's your opinion. <laughs> you can bring it up with him when we see each other in September. So I will. <laughs> with that being said, I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. And we'll see you the next time we go live. Goodbye! Bye. Thank you for listening to the Whiskey Wednesdays podcast. You can watch the show live on Twitch every other Wednesday. If you'd like to recommend a topic for us to discuss, please join our Discord. The links can be found in the description, and we look forward to seeing you soon.